You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable podcast, your go-to podcast for Catholic ministry shop talk. Episode one, so why this podcast? There are lots of Catholic podcasts out there and we think they're great, but we notice something. There's no podcast out there to help support people who are in Catholic ministry. So we decided to do something about it. Stay tuned to hear our hosts, Alan, Tom, and Colin introduce themselves and explain why this podcast will probably become one of your new favorites. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable podcast. My name is Alan, and I am joined by my two other hosts, Tom McCabe, Colin McIver, and our lovely and talented producer, Marisa. Hello, everybody. Well, hello, Alan. How you doing? Excellent. Good to be here. Thanks for acknowledging us, even if we don't acknowledge you very often, but (laughs) only when we have to. Well, I have to be here, so. (laughs) (laughs) She's the only one getting paid for this. (laughs) Just kidding. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here because when I was in ministry, and still am in ministry. I don't know if you guys know, I took a job at St. Joseph's as the assistant youth minister. Um, I start on January 3rd, so I have a sickness apparently. I'm going back into youth ministry part-time. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, so my time in ministry and time in ministry currently, uh, I always wanted something I could listen to that talked about people that were doing what I was doing and just their struggles and challenges and successes and just help brainstorm and problem solve some things and and there wasn't anything there was no podcast like that out there there was podcasts on theological topics and and bible studies and that sort of thing but there was nothing to help me like just in the day-to-day work of, of running a, a a parish ministry so i'm pretty excited to um hopefully i, I know i'm sure you guys are, have some very edifying things for our listeners to listen to and can help them out. And then I'm, I have a lot of stories of what they shouldn't do. So it should be a good, you know, a good combo there going forward. <laughs> but no, I think, um, I think the epiphany really for these podcasts, um, and, and for the whole, you know, round table, uh, idea came from discussions that all of us had either together or one-on-one. And I do remember a conversation you and I had, Alan, golly, maybe 15 months ago, um, about the need to support those that are working in the field of youth ministry, uh, faith formation, evangelization, you know, and we shared I, at that time an initial harebrained idea to start doing some some podcasts that, that serve those in the field and giving them tips and thoughts, and so so basically those in in ministry really, I mean, they, they come, they often come up with difficult problems that are unique to their situations and the environment in which they work, and so I, uh, the series. This series would would really be a, a round table where people from different areas of ministry, not just us, but bringing people into these podcasts um, who are in church work, and they can discuss those challenges and brainstorm creative solutions, share their stories from ministry experiences that really might prove beneficial uh, for others. So I look forward to interviewing some of these people. I know we've done a couple of them already. Um but just have them share their insights and, and even their, their battle wounds, their battle scars, the, what, what's worked, what hasn't, some of the sad stories. Because in working in ministry, it's not that everything works beautifully, right? Okay. Part of it is just loving people where they are, walking the road with them, being a friend to humanity. And, and in doing that, 
it's what the Holy Father says of uh, you have to smell like the sheep, right? And um, I'm sure we've all counseled people who have been in real difficult situations in the past. I know that's one of the reasons why I continue doing it because of you're with people and, and you see how much it really helps them and someone did it for me. So, I mean, th- that's really the impetus. I'm sure you each want to share maybe like what's your personal hopes for these podcasts and maybe what got you to where, you know, you are today. But but really, that's the vision for these. Anything you guys want to add to that? Yeah, the, the word I would use is, is solidarity. So, mm-hmm. uh, so being out on the road doing trainings, I I um, really see the power of that solidarity. One of my favorite things is at the beginning of a training for a bunch of people who are at a table in the same diocese, many of whom only know each other by, by name or by face, to really sit down and and talk about who they are and what their vision and their hopes are. And and one of one of my dreams for for our trainings in particular is for people to connect and to realize that that they're not alone. Um, when Saint John Paul II got off a, a plane in Poland. Um, toward the beginning of his pontificate, there was a great power in him getting off that plane and showing people the simple fact that they're not alone. They're not alone in their struggle and they're not alone in their call to greatness. And I think in a particular way, um, with some of the challenges in ministry, we tend to feel like we're out there alone. So there are DREs, youth ministers, catechists who are out there that that have a discouraging day and feel like, oh, it's, it's just me or it's just this particular group that I'm working with. Um, and as a matter of fact, just this week, I was I was sharing with uh, with some of my collaborators here in Louisiana um, about that that very that very same struggle that you're you're in there sometimes uh, sharing the gospel and and one of the the enemy's tricks is to make you feel like you're alone out there. So so our one of my visions and and hopes for this is is just to build in the power of solidarity that um, that that we who are also in the field and and have been in the field. Um, and we who are trying to connect you with some others who are are uh, are really just doing an incredible work in ministry, um, we're with you, and our experiences are the same, and, and none of us are perfect, and the challenges we experience in the culture are uh, are, are maybe pretty familiar to you, and the things that you yourself have dealt with. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I've uh, I know I've learned a lot just traveling with you two, uh, you know, going places and and. Uh, to various events and, and stuff and just spending time either in the car or in the hotel room or whatever and, and just hearing uh, experiences of your lives and the things that you've done and gone through. And it was, uh, it's was it been you know helpful to me, um, not just as a youth minister, but just as a, as a, as a, as a guy and as a dude, just like a, trying to grow in holiness um, in my life. And so you've brought a lot of you know just wisdom to, um, to that. And, and like you said, solidarity, I was thinking back to networking in Atlanta when I was in youth ministry and, and I knew some of the youth ministers there, but then traveling out like with you as well and, and meeting people all over the country that all share the same, the same struggles. It was, it's not just, uh, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just my, um, suburb. It wasn't just Atlanta. It's, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, you know, and there were days where, I was I was rarely ever looking for like gosh I need a funny icebreaker here or gosh I need a I wasn't really looking for that too often I was wanting to like know how to handle the parent that calls that was angry on the phone you know or somebody call and, and um how do I how do I sift through and how do I discern like which volunteers I should ask for to to help out the youth group or how do I how do I handle somebody who's maybe on the core team that's um you know not living up to the the 
standards that we were hoping and how do I have that conversation with them and just stuff like that, that, that nobody ever taught me going into youth ministry. It was all about, you know, just, just eat pizza and love the teens, man. And life's going to be good. You know? And I was like, man, it's not like that at all. It's really hard, you know? And, um, so yeah, so just, um, looking forward to just having people, especially people write in and tell us things they're going through and then just throwing out there and let you guys tackle it, you know, and say, this is how I dealt with it. And here's what worked and here's what didn't work. And, um, like I said, I got a lot of mistakes I can share about what you shouldn't do. And then you guys can tell them what they probably should do and it'll be good to go. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to just hanging out with you guys, you know? Absolutely. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. We're going to talk about, um, our journeys, how we got to, to where we are in our, our path to, um, to parish ministry and, and, um, some of the things that God has, has done in our lives. So stay with us. We'll be right back. There might be an upcoming Ascension event happening near you, and we'd love for you to attend. Almost every week, our inspiring Catholic speakers travel to parishes, schools, and organizations around the country to ignite hearts with the love of Christ. Discover and register for upcoming Ascension events at ascensionpress.com slash events. So welcome back. We'll have music. Like, you don't have to actually create the music, Colin. We'll have music that's going to get piped in oh, here. So I, we're... I, I, I was hoping I could just sing the whole... I mean, if not, it's okay. But all right. Go ahead. Alan Austin. In the morning. <laughs> so, guys, I, um, I had a... Uh, rule might be hard, but one of the things we did in my parish was whenever we had somebody new join the team we always had them uh they had to give their story before we had them give any kind of like a teaching or anything up in front of the group um just because we wanted people to know it was all about our relationship and so we wanted to to kind of give our story and let people know why we're there and how we got there and and that sort of thing so i would love to give you guys a chance to share five or six minutes on on um your journey how you got to be here at ascension um but also just how you got into uh, parish ministry and, um, yeah, and how you got to be here today. Tom, you want to take it away? Well, sure, Alan. I'd, uh, I'd love to, to pipe on in there. I think initially for me, I had a great youth minister when I was young who had a huge impact on me. I had gone through a couple of real traumatic experiences, and um, uh, this youth minister had um, really, he was there for me, and really uh, helped me to, to um, take things to um, to a priest uh, to seek forgiveness, not for myself, but to forgive others for things that had happened to me. So that sent me down a, a trajectory of wanting to wanting to give back. And, and I, I experienced the, the mercy and the, the, the power of God in my life. So I started going to a Baptist seminary studying scripture. And by this time I was um, married and um, had a child and another one on the way. Um, and just because I wanted to learn scripture, and this man, you may have heard of him before, his name was Scott Hahn, came to town. And after he talked, I went up and spoke to him. And this was in 1992, so I'm giving away my age a little. And I told him what I was doing, and Scott said, if, if you stay there and remain a Catholic, uh, I think it's going to be a miracle. I've got this group of students that I think you're really going to like, and they've got some really good uh, things happening. And I, I would love for you to come out and just... Uh, get to know these guys and uh, study under me. 
So uh, God bless my wife, who is an absolute angel and a saint, that uh, I traipsed her and my family out to um, Franciscan University of Steubenville in 1992 and started a master's in theology. Uh, from there, I went back to uh, Denver and uh, worked at a parish, uh, St. Francis Cabrini, which later was the Columbine Parish during the Columbine shooting. So I was uh, I was a minister there uh, during the Columbine shooting, and uh, we ended up burying four of our teens through that experience. I was the director of family life at that time, not the youth minister anymore. Um, and that's a whole other podcast, uh, just telling you how that fundamentally changed the way in which I do ministry, completely and totally. But my background is, you know, so I've worked at the parish life, uh, worked at the diocesan life. Uh, I was a director of youth, young adult, and campus ministry for a while. Uh, been a Catholic high school teacher as well, and a chair of theology, a, ca- a campus minister at a college. And now I'm working for Ascension, and I've uh, been a trainer with them for 13 years, training and uh, presenting for them, which has been a joy. And so I, I work full time with them as a trainer and as a diocesan consultant and um, my, my reason for being here is I, I want to help. I want to, I want to be part of this project of building the kingdom. Yeah. I, I can't think of doing anything else. Nothing else jazzes me like this does. So that's, that's my story and I'm keeping with it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Colin, how about you? Well, let's see. Tom McCabe is a hard act to follow. I have to say, um, Mine all started with an apparition of the Blessed Mother that I had. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> no, my, my story actually starts, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a transplant. Sometimes when I, when I travel around, people are confused. They, they know that uh, I came from Louisiana, but they can tell that I, I'm not an original Southerner, and that would be true. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Westerly, Rhode Island, and um, growing up there, I, I grew up in... Um, you know, in a, in a Catholic family where I was, um, I, I would say, sort of captain altar server. I loved to, to serve mass. I never met a thurible that I didn't want to swing around. <laughs> um, and around um, around age 12, my, my parents got a divorce and I uh, took a kind of hard turn in my faith that I really just sort of, uh, at the beginning of adolescence, rejected faith in God and really wanted to do 180. And um, I, I was brought back really by uh, what I would say is effective youth ministry. Um, the parish where I was, though, didn't particularly have a youth minister. It was actually the pastor of that parish in uh, St. Pius X in, in Westerly, Rhode Island, a, a priest who just recently retired named Father Ray Suriani, um, who just did effective youth ministry with, with a bunch of volunteers. And every summer they, they took a bunch of young people to uh, Franciscan university for a Steubenville youth conference. And there um, I, I found myself on, on my knees face to face with Jesus in the blessed sacrament with a, a whole world of early adolescent hurt. And um, just, just knew that he loved me and that I had been kind of even there um, in my early teen years viewing things wrongly. Um, from there, I, I just I felt a call to uh, to grow in my relationship, but I, but I knew there was some sort of ministry I was called to. And to make a long story short, um, at the end of high school, I ended up in a seminary college. Um, I would now refer to it in part as high school dating rehab. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I had uh, 
a lot of things that I was growing in, but, but a lot of still baggage in my heart. And, and for me, a, a huge transformative moment was, um, was to hear the message of the theology of the body. Um, I think I was maybe a sophomore in college when I first heard a talk about John Paul's talks and it, it started this, this whole new trajectory in my mind and heart, which was a healed vision of marriage and family life. And, um, and a vision also that, that perhaps I wasn't called to priesthood, but but that didn't mean that I wasn't called to, um, to in some way serve the church. So that eventually led me to Franciscan University of Steubenville, where I, I finished my undergraduate. I, I met a Louisiana girl, and as the story goes, I followed her down um, to Louisiana. I was actually in her trunk. She didn't know. Um, <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> she know she she knew I was coming, um, and I followed her down to Louisiana, and and there, um, really had grown in um, in my love of philosophy and theology, and um, the next step to me seemed to, to teach it, and I, I taught at an all boys high school for for five years, loved that, and there also just just grew in this intuition that that I wasn't the only one that that maybe uh, could be helped by the message of the theology of the body. Um, I met a guy named Brian Butler who was thinking similar things and who was working on something called Theology of the Body for Teens, and that was going to be put out with Ascension Press. And and through um, through my relationship with Brian, I got to know kind of the, the vision of Ascension, and I've been traveling with Ascension now for uh, for more than a decade and um, just recently came on as, as staff for Ascension as a trainer and um, have really found here, um, I was talking about solidarity earlier, just some, some great solidarity um, with, with, with folks such as, uh, such as Tom and, uh, and such as Alan and, and Marisa. So that's, that's a little bit about me. Wow, that's beautiful. Good. That is good. I, I'm I, also a dad of, of two um, wonderful kids who uh, just keep me on my toes. So my son, uh, Leo, is six and my daughter, Zaylee, is three, and both of them are adopted. And um, in, in trainings, I often end up talking a bit about how uh, becoming not only a dad but an adoptive dad has has really been a, a huge shift in my vision of, of ministry and my understanding of, of the faith. Hmm. Amen to that. You know, I'm going to venture to say that, that um, somebody who's listening to this podcast that's maybe in ministry and is getting burnt out and just listen to your two stories about being in youth ministry and having an effective youth minister and how that changed how that changed your life like i think that's the reason i'm going to cry i think that's the reason why we do this because there are people that are out there and they're you know in the trenches and it's tough and they want to just throw in the towel and forget that people's lives are being changed you know in your testament to do that you guys are had an effective youth minister who probably struggled who probably had days where they just wanted to quit and um and now here, here you guys are, you know, giving back and and bringing this up along the way. So, amen. amen. That's good stuff. Um, so I, I was brought up not Catholic. Um, I was brought up in a um, a very Southern Baptist household, and um, I didn't really fall away from my faith altogether. I always believed in God. I just kind of was one of those. I'm just a good person kind of a was kind of my motto and so i figured i'm just a good person so i'm gonna be okay and then um my mother passed away when i was in college and sent me on a journey to just looking for more you know in life and got a hold of the book uh the screw tape letters by c.s lewis uh mm. read it loved it wanted to read more so i read uh his mere christianity and that was it and uh so yeah i joined rcia went through uh rca process and fell in love with the church and 
wanted to give back and was living in Atlanta and working, uh, you know, and then it's funny time you said the, the Columbine uh, incident is when I was volunteering and I thought, man, unfortunately that we've had, you know, a few of those now in our culture, but at the time I had not heard or seen anything like that. And, um, I was just shocked and I, I just didn't know what to do with that information, you know, with that incident. And I took it to prayer and was, you know, praying God, you know, your teens are, are dying. Like they're literally dying. They're physically dying as well as spiritually dying. And, you know, something's gotta be done. And, It'd have been cool if I heard a big booming voice and I didn't, but that'd have been awesome. But I heard this little voice in my head say like, you know, what are you doing about it? Um, and I thought, what do you mean, what am I doing about it? I'm giving up a lot of my time in the church and volunteering and um, just felt being at that point being led to a little more. And so um, kind of made a, another life decision and change of my career and went into youth ministry and uh, did that for 14 years before um, coming on board with Ascension. And I uh, wasn't really looking to, to make a move. And it was really Ascension's uh, mission and vision um, and, and talking with some of the employees here and seeing that this really is a company that doesn't just want to sell a Catholic widget, but wants to actually, like you said, build the kingdom and, um, and help try to do that and make a difference in the world. Um, they have three kids as well, a 21-year-old daughter and, and an 11-year-old son and, and an almost one-year-old now at home so you know running around mm, putting everything in awesome. the world in his mouth so um he's it's pretty been... cute <laughs> <laughs> so it's been good it's been a it's been a good ride and it seems like once i kind of said yes to god and and it was just you know buckle up you know this <laughs> this ride is gonna leave in the station and uh it's been a great ride and i've met you know incredible people and like you guys and and uh i'm excited to share some of our our woes and some of our um, successes and, and excitements with um, and dealing with parish ministry. And hopefully we can help some people avoid the pitfalls and avoid the burnout and, and keep building the kingdom. So um, I'm looking forward to our time together for questions people are going to give us for some of the topics we're going to tackle. God bless. And, uh, and I know that we're praying for you and uh, we hope to join absolutely. you on another podcast. Absolutely. See you next time. <laughs>